Ramblers is your one-stop destination for everything CSU sports related. I'm Caleb Allen. And I'm Austin Martin. We're going to bring you the latest updates, insightful commentary, and behind-the-scenes stories that keep you connected to the Rams' athletic endeavors. To listen to other episodes, you can go to kcsufm.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Ramblers airs live every Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. This is a pre-recorded episode. listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm DJ Chaos. You can call me Caleb Allen. This show in the studio with me today, the sports director himself, Austin Martin. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm great. It's it's great to be back on Ramblers. I'm excited for this season, this year. Um, let's get after it, man. We got a lot to talk about, and I'm stoked. I'm ready. Uh, we got so much going on this week in uh, CSU sports. I know school is just getting started this week, but uh, plenty going on in the sports realm here at CSU and we'll start it off with women's soccer who got their first win of the season on Sunday started their season last week on Thursday had a draw um, against Denver 1-1 so getting on the scoreboard a little bit not a boring game by any means uh obviously not the way you want to start a season with a draw especially after coming off a season where you had uh, the most draws in program history last season but, hey, I mean, you got some goals, and you got a goal from your new transfer, uh, Olivia Fout, who has the one goal for the Rams in that one. 100%. Yeah, it's great to see Olivia out there, seeing what she could do coming from Auburn. And first game of the season, it's a draw. Um, but we, we, we have a lot of promise this, this yeah. uh, soccer season. Absolutely. And, it, I mean, a draw is not a loss. And, like, I know coaches don't want to say that. You want to walk off the field every time with a win. But, like, if there's a second-best option in soccer, it's going to be that draw. Still kind of, you know, when you get to uh, conference play, those are going to rack you up points. And, um, I mean, obviously you want two points and not the one. But um, not a bad start, especially because then you flip it forward. And then Sunday you get your home opener versus Louisiana Tech. And not only do you win, you score three times in that game, and you shut them out and uh, just really win that thing comfortably in a fun, fun game it was on Sunday. Yeah, 100%. And seeing some consistency from Olivia and Katie Coffin with two goals. Like, yeah. Let's go. And it, one of those was a free kick. It was a penalty, like, I don't know, about 30 yards away. And Ke- uh, head coach Keely Hagan said, hey, go top right corner. Katie said, let's do it right into the top corner. And that was the third goal of the game. And, I mean, that was the straw that broke their back. And, I mean, the whole time on Sunday they were playing in – uh, Louisiana Tech's zone. I mean, Louisiana Tech probably had like three or four really good scoring chances. Um, I think Shana Ross had to have um, like two big saves there early in the game. Um, her first action this last week yeah, since 2021. I think she yeah. had nine. She had played in nine games in 2021 in relief of the the starter before her, and uh, she's come back with an entire season off and gets you know handed the gloves and the ball and says you know what this is your net. Comes out and gets her first shutout in two years. Yeah, we love it. And I mean, that first game, too, 1-1 draw and then getting a shutout. That, that's great to see, especially after that you know year break and everything. So shout out to Shayna. Great job to the, the Rams women's soccer team. Yeah, I mean, you can't forget about that defensive line. The defensive side of the ball was great. Um, that defensive back line for the uh, 
for the Rams last season was so good, and they just didn't have the offense. So now it looks like maybe the offense is heating up. Um, and who knows, if you play good defense and you have an explosive offense, I mean, this is a team that can really dominate and compete with the, the girls up north in uh, Laramie. So uh, another game, uh, it's on the road this weekend. They'll be in California taking on uh, – good gracious, I forgot who they're playing. Um, they're playing um, – Bakersfield, I believe, um, but a, a great way to start the season on the road. Uh, I mean, Denver's kind of on the road, kind of a mutual site type, um, but a big opportunity for CSU women's soccer this week uh, to get up in the win column once again. Yeah, very excited to see what they're going to be doing. Um, if they are going down to uh, Bakersfield. Or Baptist, Cal Baptist, excuse me. Cal, Cal Baptist, Baptist yeah. yeah. It's going to be hot down there, but hopefully they'll travel down there, hydrate, and be ready for the game. Yeah, and a pretty exciting summer for a lot of the Rams athletes. Connor Jones last week, the men's golfer, made it all the way to the round 32 in the U.S. Amateur, took on um, a top-ranked golf, uh, golfer out of Alabama. Um, first four holes were just abysmal for him. Missing a lot of birdie putts that would have kept him in the game or kept him in the match rather. Match play is a little different than head-to-head play, um, like we'll get to here in the next month or so as the season picks up. Uh, match player playing hole for hole, like who wins which hole. So, uh, final score for Connor Jones was a, uh, and his loss was a four and two, meaning he was down by four with two holes left to go. So at that point they called it. So through sixteen down four, pretty much. So if that makes sense. But uh, Connor Jones, a bright spot for CSU as we get into this golf season. A, a guy who made a lot of pushes towards being ranked nationally last season. Yeah, and, and shout out to Connor Jones. Great job down there. Um, and I, I'm excited to see what the the men's golf team has in yeah. store because they last year they had a lot of freshmen, a lot of younger guys stepping up, making some shots, and hopefully they can just build off of Connor Jones' experience. He can relay that down to the the younger guys, and we can really start seeing this program take off. Yeah, Christoph Blyer is going to be coming back. Um, you do lose Davis Bryant, who was a little shaky last season. It wasn't his best year as a CSU Ram, but. Connor Jones is, you know, take, you know, took over that spotlight last season and he's going to have to be that leader and it's great to see him, you know, put on nationally at the US Amateur. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, I, I can't wait to keep up with that because I, I mean, me personally, I am terrible at golf. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard for me to get out on the golf course, but I really do enjoy watching golf highlights. 100%. I think it's one, of, it's a great sport and I, I, I can't wait to see what the season has in store for the, those guys. Yeah. And speaking of golf, Davis Bryant declared for the pros last week, announced it on Twitter. So, I mean, if you're looking for some reason to get into golf, if you're a CSU fan, I'm sure you are. If you're listening to Ramblers here, a staple program on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins, Davis Bryant is going to be that reason for you. He's heading to the pros, something we all figured was coming, just like we did with Roddy back in the day, just like we did with Trey McBride. Um, But, I mean, Davis Bryant, when he's playing his best golf, he's a real problem and could make some noise in the pros. Yeah, and the, the cool thing about the professional golf scene Anything can happen. Yeah, you, we saw that this year in the Masters. In the, yeah, yeah, in the Masters, and you, you really anything could happen. You, you don't know. Sometimes you're just gonna have a great day, and it might be some of those other pros like they won't be their day. So, some moments might come up for you, and it's gonna be awesome to see what he can do in the pros. Yeah. And anytime a Ram goes to the the professional level. I, I always tune in because it, it's just to. something special because yeah. we walk the same halls. We all sat in Clark 101 and, you know, deal, dealt with the terrible Wi-Fi in there. Yeah. It, we all have justice. something in common. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I, I definitely get that sentiment. It makes you feel like, hey, you know, CSU isn't just, you know, this flyover university like it's, you know, you can find greatness. And Becky Hammond, by the way, uh, making to the Hall of Fame this summer, too, which is 
with I mean, a she stacked might, class too. Master, one of my, I mean, two of my favorite yeah. players to ever lace them up. You yeah, know, Dirk and and then uh, Dwayne Wade and Coach Pop, her yep. her uh, head coach when she mm-hmm. was the assistant over in uh, San Antonio. Shout out to Becky Hammond. She is just a legend in sports. That's why she's. She's going to the Hall of Fame. Yep, and she's a CSU Ram through and through too, which is the best part about all of it too. Yeah, did you see the inside of her her coat? It just had like the Rams. Yeah, in it. I, when, awesome. when she was showing that off, it was like, I love it. Let's I, go I Rams, love that baby. logo. Yeah, we go Rams. Uh, jumping to the tennis court, Zara Lennon played in the Billie Jean Cla- uh, Billie Jean King Cup this uh, over the summer. Made a little bit of noise there, and now she is playing for her home country, uh, Mauritius. If you're not familiar, I wasn't until about eight Either months ago <laughs> when I met Zara for the first time. And it's just off the coast of Madagascar, so she's representing her country. So she's actually not with CSU right now. They have, uh, I think their season is uh, due to kick off in about a month or so. So they have some time. Practice for tennis just started yesterday. So Zara, like I said, not with the team right now, but for obviously great reasons. Yeah, and kind of what I was saying about Connor Jones getting that uh, professional experience hopefully he can or with the amateur experience but that's high level experience hopefully Zara can bring that back as well just like we were saying with Connor showing the younger teams or the the younger players what it takes to play at that level and drop some knowledge and and help continue the progression of the the women's tennis team yeah and zara is a um, very underrated undervalued piece to the team not internally not around csu but nationally wasn't ranked one of the top 50 uh players individually in terms of the mountain in terms of mountain region play not mountain west play but uh the entire region here um as Rodka Bukskova was, um, but the team in general ranked number 67 to finish the team and or to finish the season rather in the ITAs number 67. Um, I believe they peaked at 43 last time or, or last season, which was the highest ranking for women's tennis here at CSU. Yeah, and that that's awesome, and that it's great being 67. And I I don't want to say oh let's get better, you know, but that's just something to build off when you go into a new season you bring that momentum into the next year you you play you train in the off season you prepare to get better and i think i think they're going to come out hungry i'm very excited for this tennis season we got yeah. dual season coming up here um obviously in the fall before they get to um the uh match play in the spring semester but tennis is one of the sports that i will be keeping a close eye on this season as this team continues to build and coach miley tran and company put together potentially a nationally reckoned team um come springtime i can't wait csu cross country is a ranked preseason favorite to win the mountain west no shocker there the champions i mean call it altitude advantage but the track team here and cross country teams are just very hard to beat at that Mountain West region. I mean, they ran it out. Uh, I think women's track won the Mountain West championships last year, and then cross country made some noise doing so, uh, doing the same as well last fall. Yeah, and I, we're we're a track and field school. We're a running school. <laughs> you and, can't and say it, no anymore. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it, it, there's no debate because we just have we have all the all the intangibles. We we train at that elevation. Huh. It, it is an advantage, but also. We were putting in the work. The, the the cross country and track team are putting in the work. So it's it's great to see that hard work pay off for them. Yeah, and I mean, and you can make the argument that you know Air Force trains at higher altitude. Obviously, they have their own issues with the recruiting because they have to do it through an Air Force academy. But I mean, CSU I clearly respected the Mountain West. Excuse me, clearly respected the Mountain West, and um, you know, it doesn't look like they're going to go anywhere if these experts who pick this are correct. Yeah. And- I mean, most of the time these these experts are pretty accurate. We'll, we'll see. We all you know that's that's the easy thing to see say. But 
I, I think they're going to make some noise this year. It's hard, it's hard to bet against them. They've, they've proven in over and over again throughout the season. I can't wait. It's going to be a fun one. Over to the gridiron, Tory Horton named to the Reese's Senior Bowl watch list. And the guy's not even 21. We were talking about this before the show. He, he couldn't even go to media day in Vegas over uh, during the summer because he's not 21. And now he's on the Senior Bowl watch list, meaning he's an NFL prospect before he plays a single snap for CSU in 2023. Yeah, and that's crazy because he has some years of eligibility left, too. That's what you were saying earlier. And it's just it's a big honor. There's always big names that go to the senior bowl he's one of them he's he's going to be one of the top receivers in the draft class I, and i can't wait to see some highlights this year out of tory he's he's incredible to watch he's just a playmaker yeah. all around all around the field he's making crazy catches he's bringing punts back for tutties it, it's great man and the best part about the senior bowl like the senior bowl is where you know guys are like maybe fourth or fifth round picks in the in the draft but they go shine at the the Reese's senior bowl week and they are somehow creeping towards the first round. You see it every year. And Torrey yeah. Horton, you know, preseason before he plays a single snap is on that, you know, trajectory. And that's awesome to see, especially wide receiver university, right? Exactly. We're wide receiver university for a reason. And when you're going to these senior bowls as a mid-major talent, you want the, the scouts are wanting to see how you perform against other top prospects and when you go and do well at the senior bowl it just the, you can see a guy that's projected the fourth round jump up to the second or first yep. just like that off of a senior bowl so baker big shout out to him. is the biggest one i mean that was a guy that yep. was a third round pick before the, the senior bowl he goes to the senior bowl and now he's Lights the first up. overall pick so yep. i mean that's what that, call us crazy but that's the same category they're putting tory horton in and that's a obviously a great honor as a csu ram fan 100 percent, man i i can't wait for watching the wide receivers this year we we got a lot of talent in that in that room it's it's gonna be great more talent returning to the field for the rams avery Mor uh, morrow has had his suspension released ahead of the season he does still have a court date um resulting in the um i guess resulting from um the actions that uh, occurred last spring um we will see what plays out there. We don't need to get too, you know, dark into the details here. But Avery Morrow, Morrow excuse me, is going to be available for the Rams. Um, you know, here in two weeks when they face off against Washington State in the opener. Exactly, and he he was one of our our anchors in the backfield last season. And it's great to have a talent like him back and adding on to the North Dakota State transfer. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Um, I'm I'm very excited to for for Avery to get out there and. You know, just kind of get away from the noise, go out there and play some ball. I can't wait. And sometimes that's all you need. I'm I'm rooting for Avery. Obviously, what happened was really um, unfortunate for him. Um, it's a, it's a mistake, uh, and I hope he can grow from it, learn from it, and I think football is a great escape for him to do so. So exactly. That is your Rambler review. When we come back, we have our first interview of the year. Austin and I got a chance to sit down with. Ruby Kayser from CSU Volleyball ahead of their uh, first match of the season tomorrow night. We'll listen to that, the entire interview, coming up next here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Welcome back to Ramblers here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm Caleb Allen, Austin Martin, co-host for Ramblers for the year. So get comfy, get used to us, because we're here to stay. Isn't that right, Austin? Hey, we're here all year, baby. Let's go. And hey, we kicked off the year with a great start, I think. We got to talk a little bit to Ruby Kayser here this afternoon and uh, kind of preempt the uh, CSU volleyball season. So 
Ruby Kayser. Uh, it can be Oregon. Mm-hmm. 18,000 people. On, your, on the website bio, it says you pick CSU because you were comfortable here. And this is a city with 10,000 or 10 times the population of your hometown. What exactly about Fort Collins and CSU made you feel comfortable enough to come here? Yeah, I think when I was getting recruited, I was looking for a school in a community that was like a big school. So I felt like I was a big, at a big college program, playing elite volleyball, those kind of things, a real college campus. Um, I wanted that big school experience, but also like a community that I could really be like a leader in and grow and those sort of things. And so I think the community is tight enough that it feels like you're kind of in like a small community, especially like within the support that we get for volleyball and athletics. And so, but also it's a big enough place where there's a lot of opportunity and you can grow and those sort of things. So it was a great program for it. We've seen you grow through the last few years. And uh, you you talked on the uh, when you talked to CSU, you talked about your favorite player, your favorite athlete, and you mentioned Sarah Hughes. Do you see any of her game in your game? Yeah, I think the thing that I admire the most about Sarah Hughes is just her like tenacity and defense. So she's a beach volleyball player and she plays the defender position. She won the national championship at USC when beach volleyball was pretty new. And now she's playing on the AVP with her USC partner again, Kelly Clays. And they're just like a beast duo, but she's just a total like gamer in the back row, just like always going for it, making really scrappy plays and kind of has like that gritty mindset. And I like to think of myself that way too. I think it definitely should shows on you know on the court last year a lot of appearances for you kind of a rotation piece there with Kate Yoshimoto you kind of looking at that type of uh, role this season you want to take that next step forward yeah I'm, I'm a defensive specialist so I'm playing in the back row for we call it like I'm a mini and I'll play in the back row for a big so I'll okay. play for our right side who's normally a big player tall player and I'm a smaller player so I play back row more of the defensive like back row role Sweet. You mentioned last year I was at the coaches show you did with Coach Tom Hilbert a year ago. You mentioned you're interesting, and these are quotes, interesting and smart twin brother. What makes him so interesting? And uh, I, I guess a little bit competitive. Are you more interesting than your brother here? <laughs> I would say we are really competitive, so I'm not going to go crazy. But my brother is a pre-med uh, student at Oregon State. He's in the Honors College, and he's super driven academically, very smart, like I said. Um, he's kind of like, we call him like a renaissance man. He was really into sports in high school, but also in choir and like those kind of things. And in college, he's kind of continued that. He's in a frat, but also the honors college, but also like intramural sports. And so he's a very well-rounded individual, but it's fun. We're kind of, uh, my mom always says we're like yin and yang. We're like, we're the same, but different. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite things that you've done, you obviously have worked in student media now for a couple of years, was your mental health package when it came to student athletes. What, I guess, was your, I guess, expectations with that going into it? And did you come out of that? I mean, as a student athlete, obviously, you know the struggles and the, the hardships you can go through. Did you come out of that experience working on that package with any knowledge or ways to kind of take in and, you know, I guess, increase your mental health um, after you did that? Yeah, I think um, it was a great video. I included a lot of athletes from different sports, and I'm really proud to say now we've hired a, a sports psychologist who's in oh, wow. on campus now. And so uh, that was definitely one of the goals was to kind of just like spark some talk about that subject and just like talk about how important it is and it's not something we can just brush over. And so I'm really proud that like I'm happy with I'm glad of how our administration reacted to that, and they were very much like, okay, we're gonna go out and like hire that position. And like this is really important to you guys and so um, I think it was a success in that way. Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot but I'm just curious um, 
talking with like high school athletes, you don't really talk about that mental health preparation, becoming a student athlete, because it is such a huge role to take on. What's like a, a big piece of advice you would give to a, a student athlete that's coming up out of high school looking to be a D1 athlete? Yeah, I think Division One sports are, it's one of the greatest experience of my life, but one of the hardest too. I think it's um, it's just, it's your whole life. And as a college or a high school athlete, you think like, oh, I play club, I'm, I'm working out all the time, like I'm busy all the time, I'm doing all this, but uh, college sports just take it to a new level and a new level of pressure to performing. And so I think just like find, the best thing that I've done as a college athlete is finding things that help me feel relaxed and help me like settle down. And I think I can get, when I start to feel like I have anxiety, it's like I've noticed like every single day, I have a dog now, but before I did, I go outside. It's like going outside makes me feel so good and it makes me feel like at ease and that sort of thing. Or like, um, I know some people kind of have a thing where like, if you have a hard practice or like you're frustrated, like, okay, we're gonna turn on the timer for two minutes. We're gonna complain about it for two minutes and then we're done. Like that sort of thing. So I think like just having good, uh, I guess, finding little tricks. And it takes a while to find what tricks work for you and what's like your best thing. Taking cold showers, going for a walk. Like I have, um, I live with, uh, girls on the soccer team and so it's really nice to kind of have a little bit of a break from volleyball if I need a break and like finding your other outlets I have a lot of friends from my classes and stuff like that so it's kind of nice to uh, sometimes sports can feel like you're we're with each other all day long like we're doing volleyball at such a high level where it's every single minute is like you feel like your brain can be focused on volleyball and so it's good to kind of like take a break and focus on other things and I think that's healthy and that's what's helped me. Well you take being a student athlete to the next level. You do so many things. You have between you know the CTV stuff, you also do the on-court hosting for women's volleyball, um, as well as this summer you had an internship with the NOCO Owls. You do Ruby's Tuesdays with CSU Volleyball Socials. I mean, how much of this is like, what, I guess, what are your aspirations um, going forward past volleyball? Um, which kind of those things you know speak to you the most? Yeah, I think I'm studying journalism and I'm interested in sports broadcasting. I think I'm leaning more towards the play-by-play and analyzing type role. I'm actually doing two high school games this semester on Tuesday night, so they're it's with FanView Sports, I think. But I'm going to do some color commentary awesome. for them, which is great. And I've gotten to dip my toes in that. Matt Wozniak, who does the play-by-play for our games, also does women's basketball and softball, and he's been a really great mentor. He's let me jump on his broadcast a couple times, so I played softball in high school so I really enjoyed doing that broadcast with him a few times in the spring but um, that's kind of more where I'm leaning towards and you're kind of doing this on-court host type of thing I I think you did some of that with the owls as well Mm -hmm. is that just something just kind of fun to fill up your time build your resume is that something you could see yourself getting into as well I would say long term I don't want to be an on-court host I think more of what I'd love to do like a pregame show or postgame show those sort of things but um, I think the hosting stuff is great for my resume and it's really great making connections in the industry and also just being confident speaking in front of people working on the fly there's a lot of stuff that you have to change last minute I also did some like kind of sideline reporting type roles for them where I was doing like live interviews for the crowd or live interviews for the social media and so um, that was a great internship and I had there's the people that work there are so great and so it was really fun so I'm just curious uh, quick I just want like a quick little advice thing because you, you've done high school volleyball what I've never called I'm color commentator for this upcoming weekend um, what's some what's some advice calling a, a volleyball game or something you know yeah I think um, I wouldn't focus too much if you 
don't know volleyball super well, don't focus too much on the X's and O's, that sort of thing. I think we have a lot of really interesting girls on the team who do a lot of cool things and have good backstories, and we have such a great depth chart this year, so you're going to see a lot of people on the court this weekend, and I think just like kind of emphasizing that, like, hey, we have this person who can play this position, but also that position, and like those sort of things, so do some research on, like, we have a great personnel this year, and I would say just dive into not only them on the volleyball court, but their personalities and their interests and those kind of things I think will be interesting for fans. Talking about personality, one thing I've always noticed, this is my fourth season calling your guys' games, Every time out, it seems like you're in the huddle dancing. Once it's once business time's over, it's time to kind of dance and lighten up. Is that something you take into your hands to try to lighten up, especially if you get those angry Tom Hilbert timeouts back in the day, right? Is that something to kind of loosen up the vibe a little bit? And do you take that, you know, or is that just some, like, kind of something you do? Yeah, I think if you ask my teammates, I'm definitely one of the most competitive people on the court and in practice. But nobody plays good when they're super tight and anxious and like worried about everything and so I think especially this weekend playing some big opponents it's going to be like confidence and being loose and playing having fun like those things that's when I play my best volleyball is when I'm having fun and I'm playing loose and confident and so if I can help my teammates out with that with some bad dance moves then (laughs) so be it. (laughs) Yeah well you mentioned the tough schedule this week and that's just kind of a staple of CSU volleyball that really tough non-conference get you guys geared up to play teams like a UNLV, um, Utah State, teams like that. Does that excite you to play the number 10 and number three ranked team? Is there a little bit of nerves that go into that, especially coming out of the shoots? That's your first game as a number 10 team in the country. Yeah, I think we're really fortunate we have an old team. So like I said, I was like, I got my grandma bones, but (laughs) there's seven of us in my class and two girls who are fifth years too. And so we have a lot of experience and maturity on the court. We've played next to each other for a long time. I mean, I was just talking to Emily. I've played next to Kennedy for three years. Like we, I know how she moves. She knows how I move, those kind of things. And so I think um, we're all ready for it. Nemo is just joking in practice today. Like, I'm ready. Like, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get my inside hand in there. I'm going to block her. Like, talking after our scout team. And so I think sometimes when you're a younger player, uh, you can watch the, do the scout team and be like, oh, shoot, this team's pretty good. We watched the scout team today, and we're like, we're getting in there. Like, we're excited. We're coming after them. Like, they're not ready for CSU. So I think – Everyone's really excited and confident. I think that's one thing that people are going to sleep on. These two teams, Stanford and Kentucky, both signed up to play these games in Moby for a reason. That's because the environment. Speaking of environment, you got whiteout tomorrow. I think that's one of the best traditions. I think CU was at la- was the whiteout game last season. What are you looking forward to for the whiteout conditions in Moby Arena tomorrow? I love the whiteout. I agree. I think it's one of the best traditions in college volleyball. It's really special. It makes me emotional sometimes when I think about it. I'm like, how lucky am I to play for a program? that can get 8,000 fans out of game. Like, that is so cool for women's athletics. It's so cool for college volleyball. It's so cool for CSU and Fort Collins. And um, I think it's just really special, and I'm excited to take in the moment. Well, one of the things you do best on the court is your service game. And I was at that coach's show a year ago once again, and you talked about your service game and how many different ways it was going. It was like watching, I don't know if you've seen The Last Dance, but it was the way that like Dennis Rodman was talking about all the different options, the same way you were kind of breaking down your service game. What's like your favorite serve or your best serve? What's the one that you like your go-to, your second serve? Yeah, so I have a jump float serve. I always joke because our coaches will ask like, what are you feeling today? Because my line to line serve, I would say, is where I get my most aces because I serve the ball really fast and the velocities pretty tough and line to line is a shorter distance so it's harder for people to pass but I think I like my cross court serve a lot because I can really I can't serve it as hard line to line I have to be a little more careful it's kind of like threading the needle like 
I have to kind of take some off because if I serve it as hard as I can, it's going to go 20 feet out of bounds. And so uh, cross court, I have a little bit more liberty to kind of put a little more pace on the ball just with the geometry of there being a little more distance. So I like to get after it. But. Yeah. Well, it's one of the, I guess, the, the biggest storylines coming into this season. It's a, it's a changing of the guard in a way with Tom Hilbert retiring last year, but we get his assistant, Emily Cohen, up to the deck to, uh, or up to the, the call to, you know, lead you guys this year. What are the, kind of the expectations, Some big, a lot of big names, transfers-wise, with Emory Herman? What are your expectations, you know, before game one for what your goals are this season with this squad? Yeah, I think our team has talked a lot about like we have a tough preseason, but coming out and really growing from these teams. And I don't think it's a stretch to say like we can take down some of these teams. Like, and I think that's something just going out and playing with confidence is like a big goal for us to this season. And then um, winning the Mountain West tournament, winning the regular season, and making it to the NCAA tournament again. One last one, and this one was courtesy of your friend Madeline Davis. <laughs> I'm nervous. We know you're a big Swifty. I'm a huge Swifty. And I'm, I'm going to hold you to it. You have to pick strictly three of your favorite songs in order, three, two, one. Oh, my gosh. I this is, like, the hardest question ever. I remember my boyfriend asked me this question one time, and I think I gave him my top three from each album instead. <laughs> I'm going to go Picture to Burn, Saw It Live. Classic, that's classic. one of my favorite. I can't rank them, but that's definitely one of my favorites. Um, the Archer is one of my favorites for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have so many. Okay, I'll go with Fearless. That's like my kind of volleyball uh, mantra this year is Fearless. So. Is that what's being played in your in your headphones pregame? When oh, you had yeah. to block I have a whole Swifty? Taylor Swift pregame playlist okay, sweet. that is just strictly Taylor Swift, good vibes, <laughs> you know, reputation. That album is very, uh, very pregame vibes. Yeah. So. Well, and you saw her this summer, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, at, down in Denver. I saw her three times. Three I saw her th- twice in Denver and once in L.A., so... Oh, yeah, that should be the title of this uh, radio show. Ruby Kayser sees Taylor Swift too many times. <laughs> and well, I would go again. Well, so it's obviously a great energy, a great experience if you did it three times. Mm-hmm. What is a bigger energy kind of moment Walk when Taylor Swift walks out for the first song or wide out versus see you in 2022? <sighs> that's tough. I'm going to have to go with wide out. Wide out, I feel like that's how Taylor Swift feels when she walks out into a crowd is how I feel serving the first ball for wide out. So. Well, you'll get a chance to do that in 24 <laughs> hours or so from now. I thank yeah. you so much, Ruby. <laughs> Ruby Kayser, CSU Volleyball Senior Defensive Specialist and service uh, or Serving Specialist as well. And uh, it was a great interview. I, I had a blast talking to her and sitting down and a little bit of fun there at the end. Yeah, it was cool to get to know Ruby and just hear what the expectations are this season and what what uh, we have in store for the volleyball season. Can't wait for tomorrow night, the whiteout in Moby. It's going to be electric. Dude. It's going to be so much fun. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Welcome back to Ramblers here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Caleb Allen, Austin Martin. What's good? What's good, everybody? Let's go. (laughs) We just listened to uh, that interview we did earlier today with Ruby Kayser. Volleyball tips off their season tomorrow, and I couldn't be more excited. I know you're stoked to do it. It's going to be your first volleyball game here at CSU as as a broadcaster. 
and uh, my fourth and final season with this team. So I'm, I'm hoping for big things, big things, NCAA type things, um, as Ruby you know, alluded to in her interview. Oh, exactly. And we're going to be sending you off with a bang, man. We're going to go so. out with your last year in style, yeah. putting out some great work, some great sports content for our listeners. I really can't wait. It's yeah. going to be awesome, man. So we do have volleyball on Friday and Saturday here on KCSU. Uh, pre-game show about 6.30 on both nights. So tune in, listen for some great radio coverage, whatever you're doing, if you're washing dishes, whatever. It's going to be a big, big game tomorrow. Number 10, Kentucky in the house. And a lot of people want to write the Rams off in this one because you're playing you know, number 10. These teams, and this is legit information from sources, Kentucky, 10, uh, the 10th ranked team. Stanford, number three ranked team. Both teams have won a national championship in the last five years. Uh, Stanford's won uh, three in the last seven. These teams signed up to play in Moby Arena because they wanted to experience what it's like to be part of Moby Madness. Because as Coach Tom Hilbert always says, CSU is one of three schools that can put an environment like we do here at CSU that they do. And it's 8,000 people at a volleyball game. And that's you know kind of what we're, lean, or what we're moving towards here for tomorrow's wideout game against Kentucky. Yeah, you and I have both been in Moby in a packed house. Yep. And it, it is... It's insane. It's it's so awesome. And just looking around, you see 8,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs. The music's going crazy. They got the 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 sound meter just at, at full capacity. At all times. At all times. Yeah. Everybody's wearing volleyball heads on, on whiteout. It, the, the energy in Moby for whiteout games for women's volleyball is just insane. And I, I just can't wait. This is going to be my first whiteout game for volleyball, and it's my first broadcast. I can't wait. I, yeah, I wouldn't want it one. any other way. No, I wouldn't it, want it any other way, man. That's a great one to come into the sports world of volleyball. I'm telling you, people, you know, everyone, you know, the large media spots around town in Denver, they're having Jay Norvell and all the football guys are talking about it. Rightfully so, right? Football exactly. is, you know, America's sport, but volleyball here at CSU, and I'm not just saying this because we're partners with them, but I am, you know, right hand. I'm telling you. Volleyball here at CSU is my favorite sport to be a part of, and I'm so glad we get to sit in the seats that we do, and we get to do it against two great teams. And we also have a new coach this year, Emily Cohen. She's had some experience as a head coach with Tom Hilbert going out two years ago um, with COVID-19, so she's already racked up a couple of wins as head coach. I don't believe those um, actually register towards her overall record. They actually go to Tom Hilbert's, um, but she gets her first official crack, and she did it, and she's doing so against a team in Kentucky that's ranked number 10. Yeah, what a way to start off your career, right. you know, just yeah. the number 10 team in the nation. Yeah. But I, I couldn't be more excited for the hire. If they were going to do any hire, I think this is what I want because yeah. Tom's made the he, – he's built this program, and that's all great. She's been around here, you know. She she has the experience. She's worked under him. She knows the teams. She She's around these players all the time. Yeah. It, it's, it's not going to be – as much growing pains as you would think with a new head coach yeah. going into a season. No, and she served under Coach Tom Hilbert for seven years as assistant or associate head coach. So all the players know who Coach Cohan is. Exactly. She knows how to bond with these players. So and much familiarity. Exactly, yeah. and I think that's great, especially because you are once again playing two top ten teams your opening week. If you did that as a coach that was dealing with a whole new squad of players because you weren't here the you know years previous – 
yeah, that's even more daunting, but they have that familiarity. And Ruby talked about it in her interview with us today about how um, how much experience they have playing with each other. Kennedy Stanford and her, you know, two of the better players on the roster have played with each other for three years. Exactly. Kennedy Stanford's a preseason all Mountain West, and you can sleep on this team all you want. And I get it, you know, Kentucky won the national championship three years ago. They're always in the mix. Um, but there's really no reason to be scared. This team's good. And when Moby's behind them, I've seen some crazy things in Moby Arena. Exactly. And I, there's nothing to be afraid of for this Rams team. And also, this is just a great test to just see where this team's at, um, get get uh, all this experience. from. We're playing great teams. I don't even want to diminish these teams either because they're they're ranked for a reason. Yeah. And they their programs, their, their volleyball programs too, like when you think of Kentucky, you do think of basketball, but they are a volleyball program. They have great women's athletics. Same with Stanford. You, you, you name the sport for Stanford, they're – in the top 10 and yeah. in most women's as an sports. ivy league school too exactly yeah. west coast harvard baby <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you want to say that too loud but hey transfers coming in this year maybe none bigger than emory herman the new setter gonna fill in now for sierra pritchard who was a long-standing uh rotation piece there for the rams emory herman's got a lot of experience more than a thousand digs or rather sets and assist um and her last two years transferring from arizona um a massive piece and one that I know is already gelling with a lot of the people um, on this roster. Yeah, and she's going to come in with that, with the the Pac-12, I guess it was, you know, we, yeah. we can get into that and that's a whole other topic, <laughs> but uh, she's coming in with that high level experience and she's going to be helping out a lot of these younger players because we, we do have some freshmen, we, we have some important pieces coming into the mix, but we also have a lot of experience and they can just, it sounds like the because Ruby was talking about it, they they're just they're all meshing very well because they're just going in there and playing hard and coming into work every day, getting ready to put on a show for the the Moby fans. Yeah, Braden uh, Nurse from you know formerly the Collegian now works with CSU Athletics was talking or did a piece this week on this volleyball team and specifically Emory Herman and how she has worked her way in. And you look at a player like Barrett Power, who's always just been that backup setter as long as I've been here and as long as she has been here. She's you know always kind of been that second option, a serving specialist just like Ruby Kayser. And yet Emory Herman transfers in from a big school, right? Arizona in the Pac-12, as you mentioned, and is coming for the same spot. They're both one upset. And the two of them are working like two peas in a pod. You know, oh, hey, I see that this is something you could work on. This is something I'm seeing when I do this. And they're working together. And that's two players that are competing for the same minutes on the same court, on the same team. So it's refreshing, I guess, yeah. is the word to see that, you know, as competitive as this team is, they're much more gelled. And that's great, especially when times get going tough. You're in the you know fourth or fifth set and things maybe aren't looking great that this team can, you know, bond together and get things done, which I think is the experience, the lack of experience has cost them a couple of times these last few seasons. Yeah, and that, that just shows the maturity of our seniors and, and upperclassmen. And it, it's just going to – I think that's just going to bleed into just – it's a healthy competition because competition can get toxic yeah. in, in a certain sense. We've all, um, you know, slammed the Monopoly board, <laughs> getting upset and everything. Oh, yeah. and that's not great, you know. I've heard but, rumors. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to point any fingers. But uh, <laughs> but there, there's there's something about healthy competition where it just rises everybody's yeah. level of competitiveness and level of play. And I can't wait to see that mesh on the floor and just – 
the girls out there cheering each other on, picking each other up. Because there's going to be moments in the season where times are going to get tough. That, that happens in every season. But it's how you bounce back from those those moments. And I think this team, with all that experience and, and healthy competition going on in the locker room, on the, on the court, off the court, it, it's going to be great to watch. Yeah, and – I mean, you talk about healthy competition and how bring it, you know, iron sharpen sharpen iron. A hundred percent. You talk that's the New England Patriots way, and that's why they were so successful. You've seen documentaries come out. Love them, you know, love them or hate them. The Patriots had it had a dynasty. They you don't win seven Super Bowls by accident. You don't win just because you have Tom Brady. As much as people want to blow that out, because how many times did the Buccaneers win? They had Tom Brady for three years once, right? Exactly. So seven times in the course of you know twenty years or whatever it was, you're winning the Super Bowl. You know more than a third of the time that you're there. It's probably a culture thing. And they th- the Patriots talk a lot, and you know they've had documentaries come out. And uh, if you watch the Tom Brady documentary series from a year ago or so. Um, they talked about it a lot um, about how there was competition and it was jaw jacking and you know to you know the naked eye you would think oh these guys don't like each other but they're just competing they're pushing each other they expect better out of each other and that's what this team is starting to do the CSU Rams are they're it's just it, it's great to see especially when you're going into a weekend where you're likely going to experience a lot of adversity you're playing great volleyball teams kentucky's got a decent amount of height they've got a couple they have a six four or six three a few six twos in there and they weathers was talking in practice today about how they she can't wait to stuff them she can't wait and that's that competitive edge and that's that spirit that gets you through games and gets you quote-unquote upsets against number 10 and number three exactly and then with these younger team or younger players on our roster they're they're witnessing that it's like oh we can we can come in here and we can compete and we can earn a spot come in and take an opportunity and and play well it's just when you have an atmosphere like that it just it bleeds into everything and then every everyone's just out there making plays and they're picking each other up it's just that's how you want your team to be you don't want it to you don't want egos to get too involved and i think i think when they're going to be competing with each other it's it's going to be very healthy and I, I can't wait yeah and this rams team hosted the mountain west tournament last fall in november fell in the first round first day that was tough ruby but... kayser talking about the expectations for this season and she, she didn't sugarcoat it with all the with stutter. all the change no she, she, right off the bat too exactly yeah all the changes you have a new coach they're not looking at this as a rebuild and a lot of players are staying for their senior years because they don't look, they don't look at this like a rebuild her expectations are mountain west regular season champs Mountain West tournament champs that gets you an automatic bid to NCAA's and then go make some noise out nationally. And I mean, for you, is that something that you expect from this team this year? Not that you want, but that you actually expect that this team can achieve this year? Yeah, I, I don't see a scenario where I, I I just think you can make a legitimate case for what she's saying. It it does it would not surprise me. Like if if you you were telling me that they were going to do it, I'd be like, you know, what? I see it. There there's there's opportunities for it. Our conference is that we have a great conference. Yeah. We were projected number three in the Mountain West preseason polls, but preseason polls they they only mean so much. There's going to be things that happen throughout the season. They're going to change throughout the throughout the year, and especially once we get into conference play and we can get a better understanding of it. But that is not a far fetched uh, idea. And I mean, when we're, when we're in Moby tomorrow, 
I just want people to look up at the banners because that's a that's a possibility that's been in this program for years, yep. and not just a couple of years, like decades. Yep. So we were in there a couple of days ago, just kind of doing a survey of the area for or in preparation of Friday and Saturday, and that was the first thing you mentioned when we walked in. You looked up and you went, "Wow!" I, I knew we were good, but I, I was looking. I, I did not know they wanted that many years in yeah. a row. Just just complete dynasty and. and any anytime you're you're considering, hey, could the CSU volleyball team win the Mountain West? I don't think saying yes is a ridiculous statement. Yeah. Even with the new coach, I I, I still not. don't think it's a ridiculous statement. Hey, well, UNLV was the far and away favorite a year ago, undefeated in Mountain West play, only one loss heading into the postseason. They lost in the round two. They didn't even make it to the Mountain West final. Exactly. Utah State ran the whole table um, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday last year. So you never know. You, you never, never know. know, baby. Boise State two years ago won as a six seed. They barely snuck in the last week of the season, and they went as a six seed, and they got the, their bid stealing at that point, just yep. like you do in March Madness or whatnot. I mean, there's no reason to count this team out, and they get a chance to prove people why tomorrow and really build a case for postseason play. Exactly, and for for our viewers that or listeners that do not know how it works it's just like basketball yep. the, it's it's just like march madness and if you know anything about march madness anything could happen yeah it, because that's what it is it yep. is madness it's chaos it's there, there's chaos. just upsets there you never know the, you can have a day and in that type of play in that atmosphere it can happen well i'm super excited for the season i know you are too oh, austin yeah, we going to do it all tomorrow. Kentucky, whiteout conditions, Moby Arena, 7 o'clock. Pre-game right here on KCSU FM at 6.30-ish tomorrow night. I cannot wait for yeah, this moment. And, and if you don't have that radio dial, if you're not in our area, hit up our website. You can stream it live. And also, we have the KCSU app. Download that. And you can you can stream from it as well. From your phone, from the computer, whatever suits you, wherever you are in the world, Bring that app up. It, it's going to be awesome. The best. Stay tuned for the ride. It should be a fun one. When we come back, Netflix dropped a new documentary, a little questionable the way that people perceive it. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, Tender Hearts Meets the Sky featuring Kia by Mount Kimby on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. Welcome back to Ramblers on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. KCSU presents Samia at the Aggie Theater with support by Venus and the Flytraps this October 19th. For a chance to hear the indie pop singer rock the stage on her newest albums tour, text HONEY to 970-538-5278. Again, that is HONEY, H-O-N-E-Y, to 970-538-KCSU to see Samia live at the Aggie Theater this October 19th. You ever been to the Aggie, Austin? I haven't yet. I yeah, want to. I've lived in Fort Collins about seven years now, and I've yet to be at a single show at the Aggie. And it's like, like when you get to CSU, like one of the first things they do when you get here on campus and do your tour is give you like a list of the 50 things you have to do before you graduate. Well, I've already graduated once, and I think I've maybe done 15 of the things on that list. And I'm, you know, graduating a second time in, in May here, and it's like, I, I got to find a way to do the other 35. And yeah. Aggie Theater is one of those things on that list. Yeah, Aggie Theater is definitely on on the list. I I do want to check that out. I yeah. over the summer I did go to the Comedy Fort. That was a lot of fun. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. That, that was a good time. I got to go there. There's just so many things, and there's so many exactly. great restaurants. And that's what I love about Fort Collins. There's the just best. so much to do, man. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a good town. 
yeah. and it's got great sports here at CSU, and we're uh, lucky enough to cover it. But uh, another big sports town, Gainesville, Florida. Yeah, Florida Gators had a football the doc, swamp. the swamp, come out on Netflix, done by Untold, who I think is one of the better. Like, you got Thirty for Thirty. I think Untold might even be better than Thirty for Thirty in terms of documentaries for sports, especially the ones that I've seen. Yeah, they're they're really good. They're great. Yeah, they have the obviously the Johnny Manziel one lit the sports world on fire. What is that about a month ago now at this point? Yeah, uh, the Manti Teo story last year. Yeah, um, they, they have the, so many. The Tim Donahue. Tim Donahue, yeah, the ref from the NBA. I watched that one. That was that was amazing. Well, too. they finally had a flop. I mean, it had to come eventually, right? And yeah. everyone was amped for this one, so it doesn't I, make it any better. I was so pumped for this. The one. Florida Glory Days. Back in the uh, what earliest 2000 2010s era. Oh wait, I think yeah. yeah. That team is one of the craziest teams of all time because as we talked about a little earlier, you had Tim Tebow who was like this God-loving, super religious, you know, perfect image type character at quarterback. That's the face of your team. But then you have some linemen that get into problems. You have a tight end that goes on to be a murderer. You have all these storylines, and this documentary in four episodes hits zero of them. Exactly. All they talk about is how great that team the was. The work ethic and, and everything, we, which is great. Sure. But it's for like, maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. This is the untold. Yeah. We don't know a lot about these stories. We want to hear them. Every single person turned, tuned into that, not because they wanted to see why Florida was great at the, you know at this point in the season or whatever. We all saw that. We saw that play yeah. out when we watched them win their national championship and when Tebow was crying when Alabama spanked them, rolled tide, baby. And <laughs> it's just like... So many missed opportunities with the storylines that everyone wanted is like, and the Aaron Hernandez doc that Netflix put out years ago was great. It was amazing. Yeah. And it made a little, you know, questionable towards the end there with, you know, the chasing of the, the homosexual type stuff and all that, like, which is, I think way outside of the story. You don't need to bring any of that up anyway, yeah. but um, the, the whole doc in general outside of that is great. It's great and very just eerie that yeah. that just went on. And was- this documentary is supposed to serve as like a, uh, you know a pre-serve to that like you're supposed to be able to watch this one and where did he go wrong like this guy was one of the best tight ends in college went to the nfl made a lot of noise was on the same tight end or is in the same tight end room as rob gunkowski who's arguably the most dominant tight end at least in playoff uh, in a playoff sense in the nfl yeah and his whole career got thrown away and it's like where did he go wrong at florida because i mean you missed that whole somewhere. thing. Yeah, yeah, it had to start somewhere. And there's stories of him in Florida, like the nightclubs and things like yeah. that. That wasn't talked about at all. The Pouncey Brothers not talked about at all. And then, I mean, there's just so many different angles that you could have taken on this. And all you wanted to do for four hours is talk about how great that team was. They won one national championship. Yeah. And Tim Tebow, you know, Denver fans know best. Like, yeah, it's a mania when that guy plays crazy good football. It, we all experience that. But we don't need to see a documentary on solely how great they were and stuff. But I agree. I'm, I felt like out of a lot of those untold shows, this one was almost seemingly like a layup compared to a lot of other ones just because they had so much to talk about. Well, and here's the issue. These are you know journalists or documentarians who are putting this together. And I'm assuming that's what they wanted to. And they put the plan together for, hey, we're going to do a, um, we're going to do this, uh, the documentary on Florida football and all the things that were going on. That team's crazy. Tons of storylines, as we've mentioned. And then they have to start getting subjects for interviews. Urban Meyer's in it. Tim Tebow's in it. You think they're going to sign off to do that if you're going into this deep, dark stuff about that team? No. Exactly. Especially not Tim Tebow. No. So what is more important than that interview you did with Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow, who we've, by the way, figured out whether you like him or not, you really shouldn't. Urban Meyer's not the best person in the world. So why does his approval matter to you? 
Yeah. Why does, you know, I don't think the Tim Tebow interview is really to die for there. We don't need any more Tim Tebow because that's not the interesting part of the story. And you can tell that part of the story without Tim Tebow talking. Exactly. Yeah. Is we, a lot of people too, we all know the type of guy Tim Tebow is. Yeah. Man, great guy too. Like I, I, I enjoy listening to Tim Tebow speeches, you know, yeah. you couldn't, on couldn't my be way to work or something. Further opposite from the guys on that team and his head coach. But it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's brutal. And yeah. There's rumors saying that Urban Meyer, you know, didn't sign off on that stuff, and that's what you changed. So you're going to change a whole documentary that's, that people are going to tune in for. That's your job to get eyes on your documentary. I haven't watched a single episode. I've watched, I've read synopsis and all the other things. I won't touch it. I'm not wasting four hours of my life. That's where I'm at if, with that if, one. If the reviews are this bad, especially yeah. for a once again a uh, untold series that lit the entire sports world on fire with that Johnny Manziel one, which was done so well. Exactly. Got into everything, and Johnny Manziel. You know, you got to give him credit for it too. He opened up. He was like a book. He told you everything. He was open and honest. They got his friend who hasn't talked to in years on that one. And it was great. It's a great story. Manti Teo, they got the person who catfished him. Yeah. And that's a hard person. I don't obviously agree with what that person did, but they went through, you know, that guy, it was a him and he's transitioned now to a female and how, how you know, he found his identity through this catfish. They got that part of the story in there. They got the guy who is the villain of the story to talk in that for a majority of that documentary. But you can't cut your Tim Tebow thing. You can't, you know, you have to listen to Urban Meyer when he wants to cut stuff out. It's just like, and especially really after bad what we know about Urban Meyer from his time in Jacksonville, <laughs> a very short lived time, short lived, and after hearing Sean Payton say that that was one of the worst head coaching jobs <laughs> yeah. by uh, Nathaniel Hackett, I would pose to disagree because i think urban meyer was way worse but that's just my opinion but that's, any, a, that's a whole nother debate we can bring that debate up next week we sure. could yeah that's we could because nfl is starting soon so we could hold on to that debate that's or or for your show jock talk oh yeah tuesday seven to nine if you guys want some more let's sports go, content baby. more pro sports content that's my show let's go but uh hey i mean i'm gonna hold out hope that the rest of these that are gonna come out through the uh what is the season three or season four of the untold documentary series I hope I'm gonna hope that these other ones are better and yeah, like I, I think said, it's they, a fluke. Yeah, they've honestly. been great. And I yeah. think that they just kind of got robbed with putting a lot of money into this one and like they have to release it and type. Of, yeah, and it's just you're gonna have bad ones and that's fine. But it's it's really frustrating because this is the one they said. Oh, it's a four episode one. Everyone's like, oh, it's not just an hour and a half. It's not two hours. It's four hours of this documentary. And it's like, oh, they're gonna get into everything and they got into nothing. It's like yeah. Oh. When I when I saw the promo for that when they were talking about starting that the florida gators team i was so pumped just because of all those storylines that you don't really know too much about but unfortunately they weren't covered yeah and that's just kind of what we have to live with but you did check out at least half of the new bishop sycamore um, documentary i mean is that it's just crazy yeah Yeah. like the the documentary was good and the back and forth it it was there was just a lot going on but it was still interesting because like when i was first watching and i was like how could these kids start off or how could this happen to these kids you know they just go to this school that's not actually a school but then once they start explaining it and breaking it down like some of these kids came from uh underprivileged areas or they were looking to get into spots on a on a team they didn't make it on a team that they wanted and they wanted to go prove themselves that was an that was another uh angle into it also they they got img academy on their schedule 
you, you make a highlight on one of those players that plays for IMG, that could get you into college. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes getting into college is your your ticket out of, yeah. of some of these situations. So you it, it really humanized the decision making into those players. It was like when that IMG game watching just seeing how injuries were handled. They didn't have like a trainer on the field and just going into those games totally unprepared. The 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 head coach is just a con artist. It it was crazy and they didn't really have like plays. It, it sounded like they were just getting them for Madden or something. <laughs> I don't know. Stick. Yeah. That's a good goal line play. Stick. <laughs> yeah. So it it was just insane and you could see how that guy talks, the head coach how how he talks and you can see how he's very convincing, but also he's he's manipulating a lot of people too and taking advantage of others that don't have that well of a situation going on it, it was great I, i'm gonna get into the half of it it was just getting late going into bed but yeah it, it was very interesting and that that's yeah. just like a story that has never happened before you've never it's crazy. It was, that's why it popped off when it did is because we've never heard of anything like it yeah well i i'm gonna jump into that for sure i got a couple hours to spare and uh definitely gonna find a way to watch that one i just documentaries just they speak to me and i think that's a lot of the reason why this florida football one just kind of fell because i couldn't wait i was ready i woke up tuesday morning and i was like oh it drops today it's ready to go and then i start seeing the reviews and i read the synopsis and all that and i'm like ah yeah that, that's that. a great thing about sports content is you can trust the reviews like if it's a very demanding or a very uh like continuation of just bad reviews on something like you're scrolling on x it you can trust those yeah. usually. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we got uh, about 24 minutes here left in the Rambler show. We're going to take one last music break. We're going to come back, talk a little bit about ourselves, like a bunch of selfish little guys. But uh, also, we got some things to pay homage to. We'll do that next. You're listening to Ramblers, 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. It's back on August 24th through the 26th, Endless Fest Summer Psych Festival that offers a vibrant atmosphere full of hypnotic sounds. This year, the lineup features over 30 musical acts, which include Spoonbenders, Monster Watch, The Crooked Rugs, and Lost Toms. For a chance to float along and experience the magic live in Fort Collins, text ENDLESS to 970-538-5278. Again, that's endless. E N E N D L E S S to nine seven zero five three eight K C S U. Well, summer, I guess, uh, at least summer break came to an end this week. Austin, were you excited to get back into school? Like, were you ready to go? I mean, we have a big week in the sports department, a lot of volleyball. Obviously, get to start up our, our version of Ramblers here. Were you excited to come back for that? Or I won't be offended if you say no, by the way. No, I, I was 1,000% excited. I mean, nobody's excited to get back into school. I mean, it, it is fun to go into classes and see some 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 of your your buddies that you haven't seen all summer and catch up. That that is great. It isn't great once like once the instructor goes over the syllabus and is like, oh yeah, by the way, you got homework tonight. Yeah. That, that isn't great. Yeah. But um, but I also starting class also equal to the start of the volleyball season, the start of the football season, just that, that, that is what most of the excitement was. I, I am excited to be back in school. It's just back. I'm glad to be back on the grind and everything. And I'm really looking forward to this year. What, what about you? 
I was. I mean, I didn't get much of a summer. I had some summer classes, mm-hmm. so I was knocking those out. I actually got about two weeks of a summer once my finals concluded in uh, what three weeks ago now, and spent some time in Chicago. Got to do a lot of fun things there. I don't know if you've ever been, ever been to Chicago. Just once. Yeah, I, yeah. I was a zombie there, but oh. it, yeah, it was just one time. It's an awesome city. It is yeah. definitely a great city. It's a great sports city. So I got to check out. My birthday was the twelfth. The Bears played the Titans that day, so I my, my girlfriend treated me to a Titans game and Bears game at, at Soldier Field, which is great because they're tearing that thing down here in a few years when they make their new stadium but uh i have seen pictures of it it looks it's, it's gonna be weird. crazy yeah, yeah. New, well they don't gonna... have a site for it yeah that's the craziest part yeah yeah but uh so i guess what was the favorite thing you did sports related or not this summer that like really just like maybe was your go-to thing to do this year well number one sports thing that i did was it was actually last weekend my my parents flew down from uh, montana and went to uh, a rockies game oh, nice. and I know the Rockies are terrible. It, the games are know, fun though. The games I will never take that they, away from them. Yeah, yeah. I got a I got a nacho helmet, you know, and oh, I, yeah. I I or it was the the popcorn in there though. Ate all the popcorn, got a refill, and then I just threw the hat the hat on. Yeah, that's so what it I was do raining it. a little. It's a good know. thing. No offense, you don't have any hair, so it's like you don't have to worry about like the popcorn grease. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it, it, it kind of shined <laughs> it up a little, you know, the butter, but uh, but it, it was great, and it was it was my it was my pop's first baseball game. Yeah, and it. Nothing, nothing better than ever MLB, MLB game. Yeah, we we've tried multiple times because I I've lived up in, over by Seattle. I've been down in California, wow. in San Diego, around that area, and we've been trying to get to a baseball game for a long time. And it was his first time to actually get over there. Yeah, we almost had a rain delay or something because it, it was raining pretty hard in certain moments on that day, which wasn't forecasted. So whoever was the weatherman, <laughs> welcome to, to Colorado, yeah, buddy. Get them stuff, yeah. get their stuff together, but uh. It, it was so awesome, and then once the game got over, was able to get over and watch the last few uh, fights of that that main card oh, over the weekend. I talked about that on Jock Talk this week. Though. Incredible, incredible, yeah. And it, it was just a great atmosphere. We were outside and watching the game or watching the fights, and yeah. that was probably my favorite sports moment over the summer. What about you, oh, man? It's not. I mean, Soldier Field, or no? Nah, I mean. Two of my favorite athletes slash teams won a championship this year, the Nuggets. Yep. And we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier, and you yeah. were like, oh, that's got to be it, right? And I, said, I don't know, man. I talked about it on Jock Talk. I had to check my EKG monitor on my, my watch on Saturday when that main event tipped off. My favorite fighter, Sean O'Malley, goes up. Love wins the belt, 138 beats per minute. <laughs> I could feel my heart bumping out my neck, my chest, everything. It was and I talked about how great that is with sports. I mean, as much as it was great to see the Nuggets win, the thing about MMA and fighting is it's everything is so final. Like, yeah. you can get knocked out. It can be done. You can get yeah. injured. And, like, I don't think there's anything like – because you fight two to three times a year max. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not really much more than that. So I think I got to go with the Sean O'Malley winning the championship. That's a guy I've been following for, like, five, six years now. And uh, to get to see him break through and be a champion and uh, when you follow every step along the way, it's – pretty incredible yeah and that that was a great moment and he he's he's originally from montana and i, yeah. I always got to go for my montana boys yeah and it, it that was insane man it it's so awesome to see that that awesome. happen dude yeah. i woke up the next day couldn't believe it still couldn't believe it two days later it's starting to finally settle in like we're in the sugar era right so it's <laughs> like i can't wait but to, to see like uh, i think it was a lot of fun fights in that so that's probably my favorite moment but we can't diss on the Denver Nuggets no, who had me that, crying that in a B-dubs, <laughs> hugging random guys who I'd never met before. And just, uh, it's the same thing. I was in, I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings as well for, um, the Avalanche winning their cup last year. And, uh, 
that's my favorite thing. Like it's one thing to watch at home and be in the comfort of your home, but to celebrate with people that you'll you've never met and you probably will never see again and to make memories like that, like that's always so fun. And my life revolves around sports. So a lot of my biggest and happiest moments and even my saddest and darkest moments are revolve around, you know, how my teams and stuff perform, which to some people might be ridiculous, right? But to me, like sports is everything um yeah. so it's, it's it's great to when those moments happen to, to experience the highest of highs and also the lowest of lows and that's the best part about sports that, that's what makes those high moments so so special is because you've been through the mud yeah. and it, it's it's tough and then once your team pulls through it, it just you just embrace those good feelings and, yeah. and ride that crazy wave and it, it's great man i yeah. love it we have a fun fun week of sports here but before we get out of here I know you want to pay homage to something, and we'll, we'll do this every week. We'll have something, you know, people will write in their journals like, oh, today I'm grateful for, so we're going to do kind of a this week I'm grateful for, a shout out to this. Uh, yeah. Give me yours, man. Do you want to pay homage to, to football, right? Yeah, I want, to, I want to just get into why, though, because last night I, I, I just have so much excitement. <laughs> I First week of classes, just so much emotion, like what am I wearing on the first day? What 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 where am I going? I had a couple of buildings. Ha- did you I have your nowhere. outfit set out? I did, yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that's just the number one emotion I felt was just ex- pure excitement because I'm just excited for what this in, this semester entails because my goals, my aspirations are to just bring, turn this excitement into just quality work in the classroom and just my position here at KCSU working with you and I, I'm I'm really excited for that. I just want to pay homage to this. Because I yeah I wanted I had so much excitement I ne- I just needed to turn it into some motivation or something. Right. I sat on the couch last night, fired up some YouTube, grabbed a beverage and and a pillow, and uh, it was just nine minutes and 39, 39 seconds of just perfection. Love it. I don't know if you know Homelander from the show The Boys. Of course I do. Um, he it, it, th- this quote just sums up this video perfectly. It was perfect, <laughs> perfect, everything down to the last minute details and it's the only one Tavon Austin senior highlights YouTube video it just got me thinking of how just I just can't wait to bring some great content to our listeners um, because the greatest time of the year is finally upon us it's fall it's the football season volleyball tailgating crispy weather food and just the autumn colors I just can't wait yeah I'm glad you finished on that note because my I'm going to pay homage or shout out cooler weather which is so underrated it is when i was i had this conversation the the other day with some people who are now adulting and like they don't have a summer break Mm -hmm. summer is so flipping underrated or overrated everyone thinks summer's great you go on a boat you blah 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 dude you sweat so bad the amount of sweat it's so gross and it's still hot right now it was a 90 whatever degree day i had a walk from you know all the way across we were soaked today from sweat yeah we walked to moby for the the interview earlier and then we walked back and it's just gross you feel sticky you feel clammy and i hate it i also love wearing jeans i can't wear you know jeans in 90 degree i mean you can i'm gonna regret it rather quickly we'll find out tomorrow how that goes but i mean summer so overrated cool weather fall my favorite season by far you know i don't care about summer break i don't care about any of that just give me football give me cooler weather and just give me those beautiful leaves oh man i can't wait to wear hoodies i just ordered a new sean o'malley hoodie for a championship i can't wait to throw that thing on with some jeans i oh dude i it's incredible so shout out cold colder weather at least yeah and then you get the joggers on too some sweats like i like 
when I'm in class, I like to be comfy. I want to wear some sweats. You know, I just want to relax. I want to be comfortable. The I, I'm more look. of a comfy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, that was, that was a great homage. Dude, I yeah. love it. I can't wait. And I, maybe I should, you know, count my blessings while it's in you know, nice weather. Cause we did have that negative degree little run for like three weeks last winter, mm-hmm. but I'm starting to think, and maybe it's just recency bias. I'd rather have negative temperatures than the 90 degree temperatures that we've been having here and and the rain by the way this summer i know i'm not alone in this the rain all over colorado is just too much i'm ready for fall colors maybe some mist those friday night lights everything so much fun hopefully our listeners will hold us accountable in case uh you know once it gets very hot we can uh oh we can uh hopefully you know, once it gets cold, if they're like, we're, we're complaining about the cold and want it to be really hot, yeah. maybe they can like keep us something. on our, yeah. yeah, keep us on our, we have, a, we have a text line. If you ever get uh, annoyed of us, if you have something to say, if you uh, think that we're just outright wrong, uh, you guys can always text us 970-538-5278. However, that does do it for us today. First episode of Ramblers in the books. Great show, man. We don't have to wait too long though, before we get back on these airwaves tomorrow night. Do not miss it. 90.5 KCSU FM. We have volleyball game coverage once again. Play-by-play. I will be in the booth along with Austin. You'll hear us in our beautiful pipes one more time. Or I guess with it. What, two more Two times. more times. We got, what, less than 24 hours in volleyball here in Fort Collins is underway. And then we got the power outage. Yes, we do. Yep. And uh, for those of you that were planning on staying locked here at 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins, there is a bit of a procedural thing going on here. Um on the CSU campus, the power outage will be going on. No worries, they should be back on about 6 or 6.30 in the morning, so your morning shows will be back up and running. But for now, for Austin Martin, I'm Caleb Allen. This has been Ramblers, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow for volleyball here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm Caleb Allen. And I'm Austin Martin. If you enjoyed this episode, you can catch other episodes on KCSUFM.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Ramblers airs live every Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.